Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 535. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. On last week's episode, we spoke about the dangers of vaping. And I warned Laura. I said, Laura, you should stop. Please stop. I, I don't think it's healthy for you. And, and Laura said something about, well, Andrew, you eat red meat, so fuck you. <laughs> so we released the episode on Tuesday. And then hours later, I get a text from Laura. Andrew. That's text number one. And I'm like, oh, shit, Laura's high. She's about to tell me how much she loves me, or maybe she's really drunk and about to say that. It was the middle of the day, so I definitely wasn't doing that. No, it was 532. It was the evening, early evening. Anyway, so text one, Andrew. Text two, I am quitting vaping until it is safe again. What? So what's so crazy about this is that... I was I expressed my sentiments on last week's show, which I largely still agree with, by the way. Um, but then the next day, I started hearing all these anecdotal stories of people in my community being impacted by counterfeit vapes. And Aha. I was like, well, fuck this. <laughs> since I'm in Georgia and since it's not legal here, there's no way for me to know 100% that what I'm buying is the real stuff. Mm-hmm. So until that is the case, I am putting the vape down. Good. And Trump yeah. announced last week as well that they're going to ban flavored vapes. Ugh, which is like the other part of this that is so frustrating. They've turned vaping into a scapegoat. Because um, really, vaping itself isn't the problem. The issue is all the counterfeit product that is out there right now and the lack of regulation surrounding product because you know we don't legalize this shit at the federal level so there can be no federal level regulation of it that's the real problem it's worth pointing out six people have died from this so far how many people died from cigarettes just this year so far right right or mass shootings and nothing's exactly. being done. But vaping, oh, ho, ho, six people dead. It's also really funny that the Trump administration, I mean, I'm not surprised, but that they're playing this off as being very revolutionary when I believe New York City and also San Francisco have already stopped jewel sales within city limits. Yep. So they're late to the party if they're trying to make a big statement. Yeah, well, because it turns out that jewel is owned by the same company not our social media manager, by the way, Jewel the e-cig. <laughs> oh, that's uh, right. Jewel creator. is still allowed in the city. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is generated by the same company that makes Marlboro, right? Um, and so there's a huge benefit for that company to spread the erroneous idea that vaping is somehow healthy for you. 
it's not. And vaping nicotine is not good for you. It might be better for you because you're not getting all the carcinogens that you would get from a cigarette, but it's still not like good for your lungs. And they're in a lot of trouble right now because they've been making some really erroneous claims. And they've also found some of this vitamin E oil in some of the cartridges they produce. Right. So, yeah. Fuck those guys. Well, I'm see. I'm I'm glad you've seen the light, Laura. And I guess we'll wait and see what happens. What about Pat? What's he doing? He is oh, going to question. stop after his current cartridge is finished. Yeah. So he's like, this one hasn't killed me so far, so it's probably okay. <laughs> right. What's right. funny about that is when I decided I was stopping, I ma- I didn't make Mark stop too. He agreed to stop with me. But he did kind of like give me a side glance and go, but can we stop after we finish these? <laughs> and I was like, you can. I'm giving it up entirely until I know that everything's okay. Yeah, good. Good, good for you. Plus, there's always edibles. Yeah, that was my thing. That's what I shared on social. I was like, okay, time for brownies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I have friends coming to visit me from states where these things are legal. So <laughs> I'll be okay. Uh, but now every time Pat lights up, I'm like staring at him, waiting for him to start coughing up blood or just like gasp for air or something. <laughs> oh, my God. Help me. I, I, I wouldn't even help him. I would just be like, ha, I told you. Of course, I would help him. I hope he fakes you out one day. Oh, my God. No, because I'll hope, fall for it. I hope that he takes a big puff and just starts going. <gasps> <laughs> Maybe I'll do that. I'll fake him out. I'll, I'll, I'll like keep some ketchup in the side of my mouth and start spitting it up. <laughs> you're going to be like, see what your secondhand vaping did to me? Yeah, there you go. I'll pretend it was secondhand. That would be, that would be funny. Did you two watch the Democratic debate, the latest one? I watched the second half of it. Mm. And I'm going to be honest and say I forgot this was happening. You didn't miss much. Yeah, I was at Downton Abbey, so I did watch it. The whole thing's available on YouTube. So I watched it over the weekend. And, you know, it's just more of the same. Like, nothing is really happening. It's There are still too many candidates for these to be really interesting for me. I'm not going to sit here and compare and contrast all the candidates it's just a waste of time um joe biden was good but a little embarrassing with that record player comment he's been getting a lot of attention for that and it's just another reminder to a lot of people that joe seems to really talks like an old man keeps reminding us yeah although i will say um i saw footage i guess it was from earlier in the debate of Castro really it seemed like he was trying to have a moment yeah and he really laid into Joe and started mischaracterizing something that Joe had said Joe was trying to correct him and Castro started trying to say like how can you not remember what you just said two seconds ago is that what you're saying that you don't remember what you said and he was like trying to push this point that Joe's a forgetful old man which would have worked if that's what happened but it wasn't right so it it just made castro look like an idiot which is unfortunate because i really like him and he's he's somebody who just he kind of came across a little out of touch because he talked about 
his idea of resiliency being that he gave up his $100,000 job so that he could vote no on something that would have uh, entailed him having some kind of like workplace conflict of interest if he still had the other job. And I was like, so what you're telling people is you had a $100,000 job and you were in a good enough place that you could quit that job and still live. That's not something that resonates for the average American. Right. And meanwhile, Bernie, his voice sounded awful. He must have been losing his voice. It sounded like he had a bad vape experience just before (laughs) coming onto the debate stage. It was worse than ever. It was like, ah, 27. (laughs) It was really horrible to listen to. And again, this guy has got to comb his hair. If he's going to be president of the United States, he has to look presidential and he does not sorry bernie supporters when we were watching mark was like bernie looks like he's about to fall over and die yeah i mean really (laughs) i think any everyone would be in agreement that his voice was something was wrong with his voice that night. well i think i think he probably had a cold or something which like whatever that happens sure um you know cough drops though cough drop yeah or don't talk much earlier in the day maybe he had an event earlier in the day so don't do that going forward i don't know i don't know but there was a lot of cringe for me like every time beto decides to translate something i cringe on the inside it's just because like for some reason the setup of it feels so scripted it never comes off as an authentic moment which it Mm. would be great if it was an authentic moment and kamala trying to like dig at joe with the whole yes we can obama campaign line i was like come on guys we're better Mm. than this yeah yeah and then i hate those another cringe worthy moment was when klobuchar i think was like this is why the american people don't like these debates because we're not getting along we all need to get along it was like one of these terrible applause lines and i was like no fight please fight that's that's why i've tuned in clearly she's never (laughs) been to a debate before she thinks everybody's supposed to agree yeah yeah it was it was really strange i will say i did not miss tulsi being on the stage i was happy to see her not part of it mm-hmm. um i would love to see andrew yang not be part of it he's just a ridiculous human being <laughs> don't you want a thousand dollars a month as part of his freedom dividend or whatever it is it, if that were actually feasible hell yeah i would take it but it's not <laughs> it, it's clickbait isn't it it's just to get yeah. attention he's yeah. like a walking buzzfeed article <laughs> Um, speaking of falling for things, Laura and I both pre-ordered the new iPhone. We did. Laura, did you get up bright and early to get it on time? Well, the nice thing is this this was the first year that I didn't have to wake up at three in the morning to pre-order my iPhone. Yeah. Um, so I normally wake up a little bit before eight most days anyway. So it was perfect. Yeah, I got it on the dot. Pat pre-ordered too, but he had some problems. So he's not getting it on launch day. I am, Ooh. though, and my phone is up on eBay. My current phone. <laughs> oh, I thought you already put this one on eBay oh, to flip, flip it. Oh, flip it for a quick buck? <laughs> no, no. So I, um, I, the reason I am able and the reason I can justify upgrading iPhones so frequently is because they hold their value. And I buy these phones, so then I just keep flipping them. 
and then I'm paying like I don't know a hundred dollars or two hundred for the new phone. Um, but this one has the wide angle camera and five hours of additional battery life. That's huge. Did so, you you got the pro? Yeah, yeah. I knew it. Yeah, well, I'm a professional, Laura. <laughs> Didn't you know I'm I'm a professional photographer? Uh, I can't wait to see you hauling that thing around, taking pictures with it. I will <laughs> say, I mean, the pictures it takes looks gorgeous, but that phone is really ridiculous. Looking. Yeah, with its three cameras. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. I thought it was a joke because I saw that picture on Twitter first and then I, you know, went on to Apple.com. Lo and behold, it's it's a real yeah. thing. It's totally a move to get people to upgrade just like, ooh, three cameras as opposed to two. And it works, though. I mean, who doesn't want that third lens? Because you do get the wide-angle photos, and the photos they were showing are insane. So I am really excited to have that feature, especially because I'm thinking of, you know, I like traveling, and I like taking pictures while I'm traveling, and I do have a bit of a uh, photography bug in me. I used to own a DSLR. Now the iPhone cameras are so good that I just use that to take pictures, but um, yeah, I'm excited to have to have that wide angle. And again, that battery, this is the first year ever that Apple has added so much battery life in a single phone. And it's because they didn't obsess over making it thinner this year. Thank God it's thin enough. Just add more battery and make everything else smaller inside. Yeah. Well, next thing they're going to do is they're actually going to take the speakers out of the phone and make you buy an external speaker and plug it in with a dongle. (laughs) And that's how they're going to make the phones thinner in the future. I just got the straight up 11. Honestly, mm-hmm. I looked at the pro. And I was like, I don't need this. Mm-hmm. This was the, f- I think the, f- I'm on the iPhone upgrade program, which is the only reason I'm able to do this every year. Um, because it basically allows you to pay for your phone every month. And then when the next phone comes out, you send the phone back to Apple, you get your new phone. Mm. Um, but I just couldn't justify the extra, it was going to be like a significant amount more, like an extra like 30 bucks a month or something for me to get the pro. Yeah. And I just couldn't justify it because when I'm looking at my current usage of my my 10, I'm not even fully using this to its maximum potential. So I don't feel the need to go for like the next big thing. Yeah. So I got a purple 11. I'm very excited for it. So Cute. I'm on the iPhone 11 page right now, and I just realized something. The i the regular iPhone 11 has the ultra-wide camera. I thought this was exclusive to the Pro. That's why I got the Pro. Oops. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> How much would that have saved you? Probably like 200 Oh, okay. That is a size. Maybe well, more? You, you can always just oh. re- return it. Yeah, but the, the now one. I probably would have to wait like forever to get the regular. Oh, this is so annoying. <laughs> and i watched that whole stupid press conference wasted two hours they got you see that's where they get you with the pro branding yeah because then you're like i'm an apple nerd i must have the pro <laughs> right right oh. ah. andrew's having an existential crisis on the show also probably having an existential crisis is supreme court justice brett kavanaugh um some additional context about A previously reported Kavanaugh allegation came to light in the New York Times this week, in which we got to hear some accounts of what it was like to go to college with Mr. Kavanaugh. Did you guys read up on this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I don't think this is going to do anything. 
I, I'm hearing like calls of people talking about impeaching him. And I'm just like, they won't impeach the orange motherfucker. Like they're not. <laughs> and they this tried is... to take down Kavanaugh before and it didn't work. So it's right. not going to work this time either, unfortunately. But it's also just really important context to bear in mind, especially with some of the decisions that come out of the Supreme Court, like the really fucked up choice that was made last week or a couple weeks ago when it comes to um what qualifies to allow one to claim asylum and how that decision the Trump administration made being upheld by the Supreme Court is severely limiting the number of people who can claim asylum. So just remembering the kind of people that this administration is putting on the court, bearing Mm -hmm. that in mind in 2020. Well, it also came out that there were all these reports all these allegations, and the FBI never investigated any of them. Mm-hmm. That is infuriating. And I who mean, directed that? You have to think it came from within the Trump administration. I-, I would say that's a safe assumption. Well, if you need something to brighten your spirits, Andrew and I are doing another Landy this week. What do you think we're going to talk about on Landy, Andrew? <laughs> State of the uh, world. My we're second keep an iPhone on- pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> We're also going to keep an eye on gas prices because they might be going up here soon. Yes. Um, so we'll probably talk about that. I have some uh, new apartment drama to fill everybody in on so I can discuss oh, that no. as well. Uh, not necessarily bad. Just worrying. Okay. Just okay. comforting. Is this, is this the same stuff you told us about before? Uh, in hashing it out. But I'm going to expand on it further. I didn't really get into okay. it two weeks Got ago. Got you. Got you. So yeah. Um. I think we both have a little bit of like household drama that we'll be able to fill people in on. Yeah, and that'll be available at patreon.com slash millennial in a couple of days. We also want to remind everybody, we would love if you shared Millennial with a friend. One of our favorite things to hear from our listeners is how they found the show. And it is doubly awesome to hear when someone was introduced to Millennial through a friend. So now through Halloween, we want to give some shout outs on the show to our listeners who are spreading awareness by word of mouth. Introduce a friend to the show and take a selfie together, rocking some millennial branding like the shirt or stickers we've sent, or sharing headphones, enjoying your listening experience together. Then share and tag Millennial Show on social, and we'll give you and your friend a shout out here live on the air. We really want to encourage everybody to spread the word about Millennial through word of mouth. We know it is the most effective way to get the word out about the podcast. So thank you for your help there. We really appreciate it. We couldn't do this without you in multiple ways. And this is just another way. So thank you. And if you and your friend listen to podcasts together in bed, then this next sponsor (laughs) is for you. (laughs) I know a few of our listeners have signed up for Brooklyn and now, and I'm so glad to hear that. I hope you're getting as good a night of sleep as Pat, Brooklyn, and I are. And I trust many of you saw my photo with Brooklyn that I posted on our Instagram. All cozy. Yeah, it was so cute. Yeah, right? That was the most relaxing photo shoot ever. And I was really lucky. I don't know what was going on with myself that day, but my hair was on point. I was like, wow, I'm not even trying it. It it just looks good. That's lucky me. But anyway, if you haven't purchased Brooklyn and Sheets yet, you're missing out because you spend one third of your life in Sheets. Don't you want them to be insanely comfortable? And that's why I swear by these sheets. Both beds in my place have them, and I could not be happier 
about that. Brooklyn and story is simple. The company was founded in 2014 by a husband and wife who wanted to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. They fell in love with hotel quality sheets at luxury hotels. So they said, let's make these same quality sheets and sell them at an affordable price. And they are affordable because they were the first direct-to-consumer bedding company, meaning they work directly with manufacturers and you, the customer. Head to brooklinen.com and check them out. You can mix and match over 20 colors and patterns to create a set that is your own, something that'll match your room. My Brooklinen sheets are the most comfortable sheets I've ever slept on, and their towels have turned my bathroom into a spa. I couldn't recommend them more for friends, family, or treating yourself to the upgrade that you deserve. Brooklinen.com is giving an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Please use this code because it lets them know that we sent you. Get 10% off and free shipping when you use promo code M-I-L-L at Brooklinen.com. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. The only way to get 10% off and free shipping is to use promo code M-I-L-L at Brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N dot com, promo code M-I-L-L, as in you will feel like a million dollars after you wake up the next morning after using these sheets. Brooklinen, these are the best sheets ever. Well, assuming that, you know, we all can drag ourselves away from our cozy beds. I think that one thing that we all like to do is go to the movies, but apparently moviegoers, um are kind of in accordance with the fact that there's one thing that would make going to the movies more fun, and that's seeing less trailers in the theaters. And, you know, as moviegoers ourselves, I think we're all aware of just how many trailers run through some of these big movies before they even start. So um, there was actually a poll that was done earlier last week that found that about six in 10 Americans, or 59% of those polls, polled said that they would actually prefer to see one to three trailers, and that's the ideal number. Um, So the poll results kind of went a little further into detail from there. It also found that 21% say they're in favor of watching four to six trailers, but only 2% say that they would be okay with seven to nine trailers. 5% would rather see no trailers at all, and 1% of crazy people would be in favor of watching over a dozen trailers before the main feature begins. So, um, you know, it's nice to want things, but it's clearly a disconnect between these big movie theater chains and what moviegoers would ideally want to see, because most of these places like AMC, Cinemark, even Arclight, they run an average of, you know, 10 to 20 minutes of pre-show footage, which includes trailers, concession promos, safety instructions, and third-party ads. Now, I don't think it's a surprise that most people would prefer to kind of get the ball rolling and see what they want to see instead of sitting through up to 20 minutes of advertisements. But since we all do go to the movies fairly frequently, I thought it would be interesting to talk about how we feel about, you know, having to sit through these ourselves. First of all, these people who would want to see 12 trailers, I mean, they really have nothing else going on in their lives. Um It is infuriating when you are sitting in a movie theater and it feels like the trailers are never ending. So I would probably be in that 21% who say four to six trailers, maybe on the low end of that four to five. But it really does feel like it's gotten out of control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd have to agree with Andrew here. I feel like 
I, I personally would be more of a fan of doing four to five trailers. That said, oftentimes when we go to the movies, we're going with a big group of people. And the convenient thing about how many fucking trailers get shown is that that time basically accounts for all of the stragglers in our group to actually get there before the movie starts. So that's wow. nice. But at the same time, I'm like, that's not my problem. I'm there on time. So <laughs> that is a good point. Um, and to further emphasize that point, like I went to see Hustlers today and I got the time a little wrong. I showed up 15 minutes late, quote unquote late, but the movie was just starting. So it was fine. Yeah, right. Yeah, we went to see um, a director's cut showing of Midsummer about a week ago. It was only showing in limited theaters around here. And it was like a late night showing. And we were definitely getting on the road kind of late. But we were like, oh, there's going to be like 20 to 30 minutes of pre-show footage. It's fine. Um, So, yeah, we ended up being perfectly fine, even though we were technically late. Yeah. The problem, though, is you still have to show up early unless you have reserved seating. My local yep. theater does not have reserved seating, so I still deal with all the trailers and try to not show up late because I need a good seat. You would not believe, by the way, how many people were at this Downton Abbey screening. I was like, oh, my God. What was the average age? People love Downton Abbey. What was the average age, Laura? Yeah, of the attendance. Needless to say, Pat and I were the youngest people <laughs> at Downton Abbey. Yeah. <laughs> It's me every time I go to the early bird showing of any movie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that Arclight only shows seven minutes because mm-hmm. that should be a feature. These theater chains should be showing off, showing that off. Like Cinemark and AMC should be like, hey, everybody, guess what? We're not going to bore you with a ton of trailers for movies you're probably never going to see. Come on yeah. in. We'll only give you five minutes of trailers and then you'll get your movie. I think that honestly, um, my biggest problem with, you know, say 20 minutes of pre-show footage like AMC's averages is that movies are getting so long and they don't factor that into the runtime you see on, say, Fandango. So you kind of have to calculate it yourself. Like, for example, I went to see um, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Mexico a few months ago when it opened in July. And that movie's over three hours long, or like about three hours long. So you're right. really there for three and a half hours, and maybe you forgot that. Right. It's way too long to be, you know, sitting in one place. And then just think about what it's like when you go to kids' movies. A good mm-hmm. example of this is um, uh, Coco. You know, Disney always puts a crap load of um uh, trailers before their movies but then on top of that for the first few weeks that that was out in theaters they had the um frozen mini movie running before that too so right. instead of being a parent and knowing that you're going to be sitting in the theater for an hour and a half maybe it ended up being like over two hours that you have to make sure your kids are quiet and being respectful and all that stuff so yeah i like seeing trailers it's just it's gotten out of control with how many trailers that they do run and by the way, another funny story about going to Downton Abbey. So my movie theater has a bar, which is great, but they have a policy. You can't bring a drink, an alcoholic drink, into a movie that's rated lower than PG-13, which I think is pretty fair. But I go to order my drink for Downton Abbey, 
and they say, oh, what movie are you seeing? I say, Downton Abbey. Oh, sorry, that movie's rated PG. We can't give you a drink. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, my gosh. No child is going to see Downton Abbey the movie. There will not be a single child (laughs) in that theater. So I ordered a drink, but I had to drink it at the bar. I couldn't bring it in. So I'm sitting there. Close to probably about half a dozen people also came up trying to get a drink for Downton Abbey. And because they can't bring it into the theater, they didn't order a drink at all. That movie theater is losing so much money because they won't let people bring a drink into Downton Abbey. A kid's yeah, read film, the room. <laughs> right. A kid's film, I can see. But, but a movie that is very obviously going to only be seen by adults, come on. Well, this is not really going to change, I don't think, because obviously, you know, the studios make money by promoting at the theaters and the theaters will also usually run trailers for movies that they're going to have in-house anyway, which is helpful for smaller establishments as well, because that entices people to come back and watch those movies there. Um, But, you know, if you are frustrated by trailers, just take comfort in the fact that you're not alone. (laughs) Yeah, that is good to know. Sometimes I wonder. I thought we could talk about Felicity Huffman. Have y'all been keeping up with her? Unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. So just learned the other day that she's been sentenced to serve a whole 14 days of prison time for spending $15,000 getting her daughter's SAT scores boosted in connection with this year's massive college admission scam. Everybody might remember this as a pretty massive story that implicated a number of celebrities when it turned out that they were spending loads of money to get their kids athletic scholarships or to get their test scores artificially inflated in order to get into these uh, prestigious schools. Well, it looks like Felicity, Felicity Huffman and her attorney are asking for her to spend her sentence at a low security federal corrections facility in Dublin, California. I've never heard of Dublin, California. Is it I have. nice there? It's in the Bay Area. Okay. Is it nice? Um, yeah, it's, it's in the suburbs. That's um, kind of, Andrew, you actually might probably most likely have driven past Dublin. Um, it's off of the 580 if you're driving from LA to to San Francisco. So she'll be pretty comfortable there, it sounds like. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so I thought that it would definitely be worth it um, because this is, it. it's very, very inhumane. She's going to be subject to the following rules during her 14-day stint. She has to don khaki clothing with her name and inmate number on it. <sighs> she must make her bed by 6.30 a.m., except on weekends and holidays when she can sleep in until 10 a.m. No. (laughs) Pretty draconian, I know. She then has to wear a shirt and shorts during her weekend sunbathing privileges. Ah, no! (laughs) Sunbathing privileges? Did she have to negotiate that herself? No, that that is a privilege offered by this particular institution. Ah, a low-security... Low security federal corrections facility. Yes, I, I have a feeling a number of celebrities have probably been guests of this particular institution. Um, she's allowed only to watch the lobby television until eight forty-five p.m. during the week, <sighs> and up until eleven forty-five p.m. on the weekends. So she can catch like twenty minutes of SNL 
making fun of her. <laughs> no, they broadcast that live now, don't they? So she can catch. Oh, do they? Oh, the good. Whole thing. On the West Coast, <laughs> right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if they have Netflix though. You can only binge two episodes per day <laughs> between the hours of two and four p.m. Now that is cruel and unusual punishment. You've gone it too really far. Is. But I want to continue watching. <laughs> The little Netflix thing comes up. Are you still watching? <laughs> and some prison car comes by and goes, no. No, she's not. Netflix. <laughs> she will also be subject to a $320 limit on commissary spending per month or $160 for her 14-day stint um, in the pokey. I think $160 buys like a lot of Rice Krispies and other shit. That she can probably get there. I'm imagining that this is going to be a pretty well-loaded commissary, given what we've learned about this institution. So I think she's going to be fine. I saw footage of her looking depressed and shit about this. And I was like, bitch, are you kidding me right now? You just got sentenced to a 14-day staycation. That's basically what this is. That's the infuriating thing about this. It's only two weeks. This is a big deal. And what does this teach any of these other celebrities? That if you have enough money, you can buy your way out of anything. Yeah. And that's further evidenced by the fact that in addition to this jail time, she has to serve one year of probation, pay a $30,000 fine, which... I'm sure is like a drop in the bucket and perform 250 hours of community service. It has not yet been determined what that community service will be. I imagine it's going to be something equally on the level of bullshit of spending 14 days in jail. Yeah. Like lobbying for prisoner rights, which obviously, you know, (laughs) right. That's not like a, a not worthy cause, but it's not what normal people would be allowed to get away with. So Right, exactly. And also, if that's the route she goes, she cannot use her experience in prison <laughs> to make her arguments. Laura, that- she's going to be treated like a number. <laughs> this is not normal people prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was thinking about this last night and I was doing the math. I was seriously considering this. If the government came to me and they were like, hey, you can go to prison to get out of all of your student loan debt that you took out for a degree that you legitimately earned. I would in this. These were the terms. I do that shit in a heartbeat. Mm. I'd be like, yep, sem- lock me up. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, sounds like, great. Where, where do I sign up? That's right. great. <laughs> Sunbathing privileges? Hell yeah. And then to that khaki clothing. Hours I'm in. Of community service? Easy. Yeah, this is just one of those shake your head moments. You're just really disappointed in the system. You wanted to see some justice here, and she gets nothing. We'll see what these other high profile people get, but yeah. probably won't you be know, worse than this. I, look, I know that obviously, like anybody that's tried in this case is loaded enough to spend money this way, but I do kind of wonder if people that aren't famous are going to have to serve different terms. Yeah, maybe, but doesn't this set the bar? Isn't this it, what is expected well, now? It should, but you know, I don't know. It doesn't always work that way. I will say, who is paying the price here and. Not that I feel bad for her, but her daughter. I mean, this is hugely embarrassing. And it's really embarrassing to Felicity Hoffman and uh, 
William H. Macy, her husband, who stars on Shameless. Like, this is just shameless. shameless. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are shameless, like, but it is shameful. Look, I, it goes like one of two ways. Either she is ashamed and that's good because it shows humility and she understands that what her mother did was wrong. Or she's not even thinking twice about this because... You know, she's grown up very privileged in a privileged lifestyle and feels like she deserves to go wherever she wants because of what her parents do for a living. Yeah. So it's probably the latter. Yeah. Well, and it's also I, just, I hate to say it, but I mean, like, that's that's just the way it goes. And there are really sometimes. no consequences here. Like, OK, there's 14 days where her mother is going to be in jail and the family's going to have to pony up $30,000. Pretty sure they make more than that when they're both active in their careers in like a week would be my mm-hmm. guess. Like it's not it's not something that is going to cause them any kind of strife or hardship in order to recoup that money. Right. So drop in the bucket. You've literally shown these people there are no consequences for what you do if you're rich enough. And you show other people, hey, if you have enough money, just do whatever you want and you'll just get like a little slap on the wrist from the Fed. Yeah. Go spend a couple of weeks at like, you know, Shea prison. And that's if you get caught. Now these people are going to improve their methods so they don't get caught, probably. Yeah. And the thing that really makes me sick about this is comparing this to the types of sentences that people get for drug possession, like these nonviolent offenders who are being thrown in jail for years and years over possessing personal use amounts of certain kinds of drugs. Mm -hmm. Right. Or the nonviolent criminals that have been put away for the three strikes law. You right. know, or even that um, the the case, I know the case that everybody's talking about is the the mother who had to serve time because she changed the address so her child could go to a better school. Yep. Or and, that, and that stuff like it's not just her like that has happened to other people as well. So. Yeah. And disproportionately communities of color, too. Right. Right. So if she wants anything good to come of this, she needs to be elevating that conversation. And she needs to be owning her privilege here and saying, listen, I know it's fucked, but I got lucky because I have these things. If you don't have these things, the system fucks you. Laura, you should be her publicist. I think that's a great idea. That's the angle she has to take. I don't... God help us, though. There's going to be like a tell-all book or some interview. Right. Like what I learned. <laughs> what I learned yeah. in prison. If I did it. <laughs> I want to. I I am dying to know if Felicity Huffman is going to learn how to like carve a shank. Right? Isn't Lifetime <laughs> already making a, a based on an authorized autobiography or an? Yeah, I think they are. Story. Oh, that's I also great. Just, I, I will be watching that. That's gonna be great. I also just want to know what other high profile like Hollywood housewives are going to be in prison with her. I. You know what I'm curious is to see if um. Like, there's a, a repeat of this scenario. Because, you know, you would think that anybody that was thinking about doing this has already kind of learned from the fact that people like Felicity Huffman and uh, Lori Loughlin got a huge slap on the wrist. But, I mean, bribery and, oh, yeah. and universities kind of go hand in hand. So, 
Seriously, it's going to happen though, again for sure. If, they get if caught, anybody listening has any kind of like federal level connections to our justice system, float this idea. Let indebted students pay off their debt by going to these low security prisons for two weeks. <laughs> and I guarantee you, you know what, people- though, honestly, for these conditions, I would stay a little longer. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also, if you were to say, okay, the cost is $15,000 per two weeks, I suppose you would have to ration the time out based on how many times you could divide 15000 into your student loan debt. Right. And since as a country, we collectively carry like $1.5 we might be there for a while. <laughs> yeah, but that's like you're just carrying your own debt. It won't be that bad. Yeah, that's true. That's true. One more news story today. This is about Donald Trump, but I think it's a lighthearted story. At least I think we'll have some fun discussing it. J.P. Morgan Chase has created a special index to track how Trump's tweets impact interest rates and other economic indicators. The firm's analysts found that Trump's Twitter activity has grown. Since taking office, the president has averaged more than 10 tweets a day totaling approximately 14,000 tweets, 14,000 tweets since taking office in January 2017. That is mind-boggling to me. That's more than most people have tweeted in their lifetime on Twitter. Yeah. Yep. And, and this asshole has tweeted 14,000 times. That includes retweets, by the way. But I used this tool I'm about to talk about. I took out the retweets. He has still written 8,000 tweets. That is insane to me. But anyway, um, this new index is called the Volfefe Index. And that's, of course, a reference to the (laughs) Kofefe tweet that he sent out back in May 2017 when he said, despite the constant negative press, Kofefe, he meant to say coverage, but that typo sat there for like, I think it sat there overnight and people were just having a field day with it because uh, it was such a blatant error that he let slip by. <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, now there's this Volfefe index. And um, JP Morgan Chase said in a statement the subject of these tweets has increasingly turned toward market moving topics, most prominently trade and monetary policy, and we find strong evidence that tweets have increasingly moved U.S. rates markets immediately after publication. So his tweets have power. Tweets with words like China and billion and products and Democrats and great, the word great, have been found most likely to affect things like stocks to bonds to macro products. It's crazy. But also not surprising, he's the president. So um, this article brought to light the Trump Twitter archive, and it reveals his most popular thoughts, phrases, etc. And I thought we could kind of do a, a, a version of the number, but the word. Um, I have a bunch of questions for you guys after analyzing his Twitter stats. So like I said, he has tweeted, excluding retweets, 8,313 times since taking office. That is sickening. How many times do you think he has tweeted the phrase fake news while president? Oh, my God. 
I'm going to say 3,500. I was going to say 4,000. You both are unfortunately very off. Only f- only 566 times. Really? I guess My- he says that a lot more than he tweets it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. How many times has he tweeted about Obama? Now I feel like uh, we need to go lower. I'll say, yeah. t- uh, I'll say 700 times. And this is just since he was elected. Correct. Not all time. Okay. I'm going to say... 900. You both are very high again. Just 257 times since taking office. Must be warped uh, by how much he speaks about Hillary Clinton, you know. Now, keeping in mind these low numbers, how many times has he tweeted about CNN, his arch enemy? 500 times. (laughs) Um, 250. 144. And finally, his best friend, Fox News and Sean Hannity. How many times has he tweeted about either of them? 250. Um, I'll say 800. In the middle, 527 times. We all know that Trump is very negative. What negative word has Trump used the most ever? Sad. Just guess the word. Sad? Okay. Uh, very bad. Like bad, I guess. Just one word. Uh, no, the correct answer is loser. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> So it was actually a two-syllable word. We were underestimating Pam. That's such like a fifth grader response. Like, you're such a loser. Loser. (laughs) Guess some other words. And also, please do your best Trump impression. Like the failing New York Times. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say crooked. Crooked. Corrupt. (laughs) Badly. Uh, (laughs) Pocahontas. Pocahontas. Missing. (laughs) Unless they're just missing from the list here, those are not. Um, that really, what? yeah, you can't be that bad at this. <laughs> these are these are all time, by the way. Um, maybe I should have clarified that. But number two <laughs> is dumb or dummy. Number three is terrible. What about nasty? No, that one hasn't been used I too like often. Just when talking about women that he really hates. Instance. Uh, weak, dope or dopey. Those are the top five. Wow. Do you guys follow him? Maybe that's your problem. I Maybe do we not. only see the highlights. <laughs> yeah, the highlights, right? Yeah. I will never follow him. Hmm. I think I see enough of Donald Trump's tweets, like yeah. even without following him. I recommend everybody check out TrumpTwitterArchive.com. This saves all his tweets and puts them into various statistics. So you can see the top topics he tweets about as president. His top 20 mentions, uh, his latest fake news tweets, his latest collusion tweets. Just a great way to catch up on everything that he's saying on Twitter because evidently it does have a big effect on the markets. Yeah. And we actually talked about that a couple weeks ago about Trump's influence on our stock market just through Twitter. So this just Mm -hmm. further backs that up. Yeah. It is kind of like, it's not good though because, you know, it's just like a back and forth. It's like he's so volatile. Anytime he talks about potentially imposing tariffs, like, of course, the market's going to go down. People are going to try and move their money. And then he cross-references that with being like, everything's great. And then the money comes back up. It's like, it's hard to keep track of. I imagine all of those people that work in stocks are going crazy. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine what they're feeling. Knowing that he has so much power just sitting 
in his bed in his bathrobe eating McDonald's. Because they don't know what to believe. It's like, which which of his tweets do you believe? Because even though he wants to pretend like he's the end-all-be-all source, he gets himself wrong more often than he does right. Yeah, exactly. There are some other pretty terrifying categories here, like all the tweets in which he implied Obama is foreign, or all the tweets implying global warming is fake. He's done that 106 times. Um, 586 tweets in which he talks about a poll. We know he's obsessed with polls. Does it talk about how often he praises Kim Jong-un in North Korea? Don't have that readily available, but... Or how about how many times he's tweeted about Kanye? (laughs) (laughs) You can actually... Here, I'll do a quick search for Kanye (laughs) in his Twitter archive. Uh, We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine times. What's another word you... Oh, Kim Kim Jong... See, I don't know if he always... I don't know how to search for this. Maybe just Kim? No. Maybe Putin would be easier. Or Russia. 99 times about Putin. 537 tweets involving Russia. (laughs) Well, yeah, Putin's his daddy. That's true. He has to make sure that daddy knows he still cares. What word... What was an insult you guys were suggesting earlier? That wasn't on that list. Didn't you say crooked? Filthy? Yeah. Nasty? Crooked, 439 times. Nasty, 62 times. (laughs) All associated with Hillary Clinton, I'm sure. How many times has he said collusion? Yeah, he tweets about that a lot, 289 times. (laughs) That's still a lot lower, but I guess it's just because that didn't really start until he, he started panicking, so. No collusion, no collusion, no collusion, yeah. You know what I think a fun game could be if we just spat out like random um, risque or inappropriate vocabulary to see if you could find any Trump tweets that contain it? <laughs> like name one. What about pussy? Little John Stewart is a pussy. He would be hopeless in a debate with me. <laughs> oh, I would pay money to see that. Hard save. <laughs> Our president, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, anytime you look at Donald Trump or his Twitter, it's just another reminder of how many ugly things there are in the world. But if you want to focus on beautiful things in the world, our next sponsor is for you. Rothy's is the company making insanely stylish shoes from recycled plastic water bottles. Pam and I have been wearing Rothy's for over a year and a half at this point, and they are easily the most worn shoes in my closet. Mine are this beautiful plum color with a baby blue racing stripe. And my favorite part of them is that they're machine washables. So anytime they start to need a refresh, I can just throw them in the wash. They're holding up so great. I know that they are a little pricier than, say, your normal flats. But honestly, you're going to get so much wear out of these shoes. And like Laura said, they're machine washable. They look brand new when they come out. So definitely worth the money. Mm Mm-hmm. And since Rothy's are seamlessly crafted from recycled water bottles, they're ultra comfortable as soon as you slip them on, and there's no break-in period with these shoes. One Yahoo editor even called them the most comfortable flats I've ever worn. And if you need more of an angle on sustainability, Rothy's have diverted over 25 million water bottles from landfills. That's not something you're going to get from the Trump administration. 
Don't let your new pair of Rothy's pass you by. Check out the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash M-I-L-L. Go to rothys.com, that's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash M-I-L-L to get your new favorite flats. Comfort, style, and sustainability, these are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash M-I-L-L to get your new favorite shoes today. Time now for some emails, and then we have Surprise Bitch and some recommendations. This first email is from Alex. Still looking for cookbook recommendations? I'm currently obsessed with Yum and Yummer by Greta Poletsky. I'm obsessed with each recipe I've tried in this book. The only one I've had difficulty with is the enchiladas. The squash doesn't sufficiently soften and should probably be pre-cooked. But this is an incredible cookbook and my family and I make recipes from it constantly. Give it a try. I looked this up and I thought it was really interesting because they advertise themselves as having a number of healthy recipes, but then also a lot of comfort food staples. So I was like, this sounds perfect for me. I kind of like to walk the line between healthy eating and comfort eating. So this might be for me. Yeah, I think healthier cooking would definitely be of interest to me. But as so long as they're meals that appeal to a five-year-old, because like I said last episode, I eat like I'm five. Have you ever tried meal prepping, Andrew? No... That might be good for you, especially if you don't, because I don't really like cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I prefer to just like make stuff that's sort of like quick and easy and then get it like um, into some Tupperware and into the fridge so that when I need it, yeah, I can just like throw it in the microwave or whatever. Yeah, that is a good idea. I have another Trader Joe's idea. I recommended Trader Joe's last week. This one just came to mind because I had it a couple weeks ago. We did meal prep chicken. And we shred it up and season it. And Trader Joe's had one of these samples a few years ago that stuck with me ever since. It's just hummus, chicken, and a tortilla. You just wrap it up and it is very filling. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. Healthy, quick and easy, and yummy. We actually just got um, a ninja the other day. And one of the first things that I thought about when we got it was, ooh, I can get Pam's salsa recipe now. <laughs> I'll send it your way. I have a ninja too, and it's really great. Like it life changing because we had such an old blender before. But I make my smoothies in there. I do the salsa in there. Um, half of what goes into my grandma's Mexican rice recipe also goes in the ninja, and it cuts down the time. What kind of smoothies do you do? Um, I just kind of pick whatever frozen fruit is the cheapest. So it's usually like a mixed berry or a strawberry option. And then um, I just blend with water and I'll add sometimes an apple in there. And Mm. if I have it on hand, just a handful of spinach or arugula or kale. It's really good. Nice. Mm -hmm. Um, So our next email is actually a confessional. And this is a throwback edition. Um, So... Just for anybody who might not have been aware of this one, we got a confessional a few weeks ago, or was this a couple months ago at this point, um, from somebody who was confessing to cheating on their significant other and the turmoil that they were feeling in trying to figure out what to do about whether or not to tell their partner and also 
whether or not they were going to end this online cheating relationship that they had going on. Um, Well, we heard back from the listener because we asked for an update and we're ready to share this with y'all now. The confessional reads, you guys said you wanted an update. So here it is. I ended up taking your advice and have been going to therapy. I told my counselor everything I'd been doing and everything I'd been feeling. I even mentioned your responses to my confessional. She said that I clearly knew that I was violating my own values and my partner's values regarding trust, which is why I feel like such a horrible, worthless person. We were able to work out that I have a lot of insecurities and trust issues, that I might be waiting for my partner to leave and connecting with other people might be a way to reassure myself that I will be desirable by someone else when he does leave. Also, I'm so scared of talking to my partner about what I'm really feeling and my actual needs that I look somewhere else to find a way to let go of the stresses I feel. My counselor and I talked about me telling my partner, and she seemed to think that since I was remorseful and had no plans to continue talking to this other guy, it may make sense to keep this to myself, at least for now. It served a purpose for me, and it was ultimately an experience that I needed to learn from. Also, it isn't fair to burden someone else with my guilt. A side note, the guy I was talking to didn't seem to mind that I have a boyfriend. He really, really wanted to keep talking with me. He said that he was still into me, but that he just wanted to be friends. He also offered me relationship and self-esteem advice and suggested I go to counseling too. But he wanted to keep talking to me every day. This made me feel even more guilty. Clearly, he was getting something supportive out of the connection too. I had a hard time breaking it off for this reason. I still feel like I owe him, though. He honestly helped me quite a bit, especially when the physical stuff had died down after about a month of chatting. I hate to say it, but I'll miss him. I definitely wonder what it would have been like if we had first met in person and become friends all out in the open, because I'm sure he'd be an awesome friend to have in my life. Right now, I'm doing my best to focus all that what-if energy into my partner and our relationship. I'm trying to be more clear about my needs and let him in more. Weirdly, despite my shameful behaviors, I'm managing to build my self-esteem and things are getting better. I don't know if I'll ever feel a pressing need to let him know about what I did. I suppose it would take courage to do it and that I would really need to know if the reason for telling him was worth the pain. Thanks for your time and advice. You guys change lives. Well, first of all, thank you for this update. I think you're mm-hmm. like the first person ever to send in a confessional update, which we always ask for. So we appreciate that. If I'm forgetting somebody, sorry. Uh, second of all, it sounds like your therapist is awesome. I would like to have this therapist as well. They put a lot of great ideas into your mind, especially this point about not telling your partner because and she believes that it makes sense to keep this to yourself for now i think i think that makes sense as well the purpose was served you learned from it you thought you might be seeking something else some attention waiting for your guy to move on the whole thing about this person you were cheating with wanting to continue talking i'm definitely glad you cut that off because that would not have been healthy you would have continued to stew in those what ifs and then you would have been stuck between two people. And this would have never ended. Yeah, I'm really, first of all, really glad that you went to a counselor and sought out that advice. Um, sort of the advice that your counselor gave you about 
being very intentional, um, you know, about whether or not you would tell your partner is advice I've heard of people getting in these kinds of situations. So it's nice to hear that sort of reaffirmed. Um, not to say that this is something that you should just like, and by you, I mean our listeners, I don't think that you should apply like one person's counseling advice to your own life situations, but it is good to know. I think that that's a practice. And it's also an interesting way of thinking about this because really when you do decide to tell your partner something like this, it's really because of your own guilt. And so in telling them that you're hurting them to alleviate some of your guilt. And it is a really good question of like, if I'm not continuing this behavior, is that really worth it? So there were just a lot of really good insights in this update. And I hope that you keep us updated moving forward because it sounds like you've made a lot of really good progress, but we would definitely love to hear more updates. And good on you for working on yourself because that's really hard to do. So um, I feel like it's always weird to say this to people that you don't know, but I'm proud of you for doing that because it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. So yeah, it was, I think you made a hard choice that a lot of people wouldn't have the gumption to make. So good for you. And you'll move on in time in terms of wondering. She said, this confessional writer said, I definitely wonder what it would have been like if we had first met in person. You'll continue wondering for a while, but I think you will move on in time. This is just one of those situations where time heals all wounds. And before long, hopefully everything will be good with your boyfriend and you'll forget about it. And, the only memory that'll still exist is us talking about it on this podcast <laughs> and those therapy receipts. Other than that, there'll be no memories of it at all. Well, speaking of cheating, it's time for a word from our next sponsor, <laughs> oh Joybird. I want you to cheat on your favorite furniture company. This is a good, good type of cheating. Summer is the time to relax and enjoy the best in life. And you can do it right from your own home. Whether you're throwing a backyard barbecue, a game night, or a quiet night with the family, you want furniture that feels uniquely you. And Joybird empowers you to create the furniture and space that brings you joy and keeps those summer vibes flowing all year long. With Joybird, you get one-of-a-kind furniture crafted to your unique taste. Turn your ideas into reality with hundreds of styles and options. Want a sofa in aquatic blue or indigo? Love seed in the hottest red, an inviting coral, or even bubblegum pink. If you can dream it, Joybird can make it a reality. And I love this because we all have our own unique style. And when you're shopping for furniture, you can get stressed trying to find pieces that will actually match what you already have. The walls, the rug, the floor, the carpet, etc. Joybird takes that pressure off. And to make things even easier, they offer free personal design consultants to help nail down your perfect design. Plus, they have a 365-day home trial. Skip the furniture store and bring the showroom home. You'll get hassle-free in-home delivery in which they'll bring it in and remove all the packing materials. If you don't love your Joybird, that's okay. Return it within a year, and they also offer free returns within two weeks of delivery. See how Joybird can help you design your dream space. Make furniture your own at joybird.com slash millennial25. Create the furniture that brings you joy today at joybird.com slash millennial25. 
Again, go to joybird.com slash millennial25 and receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using the code millennial25. Surprise! Surprise, bitch! And today we are going to call Will. Hello? Hey, Will! Hey. Surprise, bitch! It's Millennial! Hi! Hi. Wow! How you doing? I'm I'm so caught off guard. Wow! (laughs) We actually tried to call you about... Oh, God, what was it? Oh, three months ago. But you were overseas? Why were you overseas and now you're back in Canada? Yeah, so that's... I feel like this has like been months in the in the making. I was teaching in England, and then uh, I decided that I had enough of ten year old kids and decided to go back to school and get my master's. So I'm back in Canada now. Oh, that's awesome. So did you have a good time over there? Did you miss home being so far away? I didn't miss home. My mom's British, so I'm very used to like British culture, and I did a lot of traveling. Um, but I know Laura Laura taught. Um, overseas for a while and so she can probably attest to the fact that it's just kind of a a culture shock but it's you know it's a great experience and i don't regret it at all definitely usually doesn't pay terribly well either no i came back with uh no savings and just a lot of debt from all my expensive travels around europe so it was uh definitely not an investment but you don't regret it no not at all i uh i loved it i saw a lot of like theater and I saw the Harry Potter play while I was over there. It was great. That's awesome. Was yeah. there one thing in particular you really missed about Canada while you were away? What I didn't miss is how expensive everything is over here. I came back and I started having to pay like hundreds of dollars for cell phone plans and stuff like that. And so, you know, it's very expensive over here. But I'm, you know... It's good to be back. I've come back and it's election season in Canada just at the same time as it is in the U.S. So I'm in the thick of it. Yeah. So we kind of wanted to ask you about that. How are things going? So I'm actually, um, my master's is in public administration. So I'm like in, in, you know, the world of current events and politics all the time. So every day I'm, I'm looking at polls and looking at, you know, news coverage. And so we just had our first um, debate on Wednesday, and actually, all all the main party candidates were there except Justin Trudeau. So you know he's the prime minister, and it caused it caused a big you know controversy. So, what an asshole! Why wasn't he there? Uh, I don't know. I think he was he he was in a different part of the country for some reason. I think that it was too too hard for him to answer to all the different things that he's had. Um, all the different controversies he's had in his, in his term so far. So he, uh, they had a fourth podium for him and they like gestured to it as if he were there, but he wasn't actually <laughs> oh there. Oh my God. That's so cringy. That's like Clint Eastwood talking to the empty chair. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, he's yeah, going to. So Trudeau is, he's in some trouble, right? Yeah, he uh, he he is neck and neck with the Conservative Party, so our equivalent of the Republican Party right now, and um, he he could either lose his um, leadership or he could become a minority government, so just like less powerful. Um, but it's at a good cost actually, because our um, our Green Party, which like um, it was based on the environment and stuff like that, actually has a chance to pick up some seats for the first time in a really long time. 
which shows that Canadians are starting to take um, climate change and environmental issues pretty seriously. Um, it's a bit of an upset right now. Right now. Well, that's good. Well, at least at least the Green Party is picking up some seats. Yeah, but I um I had been doing some reading about Trudeau, and then I recently watched that episode of Patriot Act where Hassan Minaj just like grilled him, and I was like, oh my god, this is not the person. I perceived him to be what what is general Canadian sentiment about him right now a lot of people um my age especially are you know millennials we we like him because he's the best you know that that we've got right now none of the other leaders are really that attractive and I guess for Trudeau it's actually you know physically attractive people really like him um (laughs) But uh, he um, he's got a lot of controversies. He's been in trouble with our attorney general because of um, some ethics issues. And so a lot of the conservative base around the country is rallying around trying to get him kicked out um, over ethical issues, um, which is, you know, a, a bit of an issue for him. Um, but what usually happens is in Canada is that it's very rare we get a one-term prime minister. So it's likely he'll get reelected. Um, even if there's all these controversies around him. Got you. And just in terms of how you feel personally, even with these other controversies, he's still the best option? Well, uh, for me personally, based on where I'm, um, where I live, I kind of have to decide between strategic voting or who I actually would like to vote for. Um, we've mm-hmm. got a lot of left-wing parties. And so if we if I voted for who I really wanted, which would probably be either the Greens or the NDP, um, it would split the vote in my riding. So I think I have to rally behind whoever's going to look like they're going to win based, you know, on the polls near October when it's the election. But yeah, I guess I'll have to go with Trudeau. I voted for him last time and he kind of disappointed me, but he's still mm-hmm. better than the Conservatives. Mm-hmm. Got you. Well, thank you for that update. We're definitely keeping an eye on it here because we're like, hey, guys, like we did this already down here. Please don't don't yeah. follow us down this dark hole. It's refreshing to, to, to watch the Canadian debate after I'd watched the uh, American debate because, you know, it was a lot less of a big deal. It's like a soap opera down there. I'm kind of jealous. I wish that we had someone like, you know, Elizabeth Warren or like Kamala up here. They both are the standouts for me. Yeah. Do you Poor think guy. anyone up on the stage needed to comb their hair? Bernie, you know, it it, it yes. doesn't need to be said. But I did like that Cory Booker made a comment that he uh, he was afraid of Justin Trudeau's hair for obvious <laughs> reasons. Have you been vaping up there? So when I moved back home, um, you know, it was legal. And so the first thing that I did after I landed in Toronto was um, my brother handed me a vape and said, you can do it in the airport now. It's completely legal. <laughs> So yeah, I've been, uh, you can get in the mail, you can like, there's shops just down the street that you can buy vapes and pens and all stuff. So, but I I hear it's going to give me cancer or something. So I'm I'm not a big fan. Yeah. Yeah. If it makes you ill, don't say we didn't warn you. Yeah, but I have a feeling that since it's legal in Canada, they probably don't have quite the problem with counterfeit cartridges that we do here. That's true. And even so, we've got the free healthcare so it can take care of us. Oh, there you go. There you go. No problem. (laughs) <laughs> yeah are you vaccinated uh 
Who is the box tonight, Luke? Oh, oh, God, you paused for a second. You scared me. <laughs> Sorry to hang up on yeah. you. Didn't want to catch anything. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Will, and thanks for your support. Glad we finally got to talk to you. Yeah. Great to talk to you guys. I've been listening since I was in, you know, 11 years old to MuggleCast. Oh, fantastic. So oh, my God. Thank you so much. How old are you now? I've grown up with you guys. I'm 25. Oh, you're still younger than us. Damn it. <laughs> Just about. Well, hopefully we're leading the way, or at least Laura and Pam are leading the way on how to live a good life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I look to those two. Yes. As you should. As yeah. you should. Have a good one. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. Time now for recommendations. I have a weird one, but I really swear by these. (laughs) Make a size paper towels. Don't use these old paper towels that are big when you tear them off the roll. Use make a size. They're like half the size and it's all you need. I've sworn by these for years and I'm never going back to those full-size paper towels. I love just taking half. In fact, I'll take half and then I'll split that into a half. I'll use one half as a brush and the other half as a catcher. And I'll brush stuff from the counter. Oh boy, this is a really bad recommendation, isn't it? Make a size paper towels. (laughs) Check them out. Oh, this makes me feel so much better about mine because I was sitting here for the last 10 minutes like, oh, fuck, what am I going to recommend? Like, there's nothing interesting happening in my life right now. I don't have any like cool, trendy recommendations. So I'm going to recommend a particular kind of gin that I really like. It's called Conniption Gin. It is uh, distilled in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. I've actually been to their um, their distillery and uh, done their tour. And it's just really good gin. It's the gin that got me into gin. I used to hate gin because I got sick off of bad gin once. But then I went to this place and I tried some of their Navy Strength gin straight. And it was so freaking good. So now it's pretty much the only gin I'll buy. Hmm. Um, They have an American Dry and a Navy Strength. Both really, really good. Speaking of gin... I am excited to announce that I will be debuting my own cocktail. Inspired by Laura, I'm going to debut my own recipe on our social media channels soon. Please look forward to the grand reveal. It's going to be worth it. I'm going to shit all over whatever you call it. (laughs) Please do. Please do. I deserve it. (laughs) Pam, what's your recommendation? Mine is uh, for weddings and a funeral, not the movie, although you can watch that too if you want. But the uh, Hulu, I think it's a mini series. I don't think they plan to go past the 10 episodes out for season one. Um, it is delightful. I know that critics kind of shit on this, but I really enjoyed it. And if you're a fan of rom-coms, then you should watch it. It's written and executive produced by Mindy Kaling, who is A, a national treasure, but also B, just really good at uh, writing about romance and and making it really feel like the golden era of 90s rom-coms. So it's a really easy watch. And it's just, it's really, really good. Um, So if you're looking for something to watch, and you have Hulu, and you haven't checked this out, highly recommend giving it a go. We also recommend getting in touch with us. If you have anything to say about today's episode, just email millennialshow at gmail.com or go to millennialshow.com and use the contact form. We also have that link to the confessional where you can tell us your deepest, darkest secrets. Also, be sure to follow us on social media. Username Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. 
What are we doing in After Dark today on Patreon? We're going to be talking about how social media bullying has driven yet another celebrity away from uh, popular platforms. And then we're going to share some of our own stories of enduring a little bit of social media bullying at the hands of... (laughs) of uh certain individuals uh. <laughs> <laughs> i won't go any further than that <laughs> basically you're gonna get to hear all of our stories about people being shitty to us when we were starting our various online ventures i'm literally tearing up right now <laughs> no, thinking of this <laughs> not necessarily in a bad way i'm just so sick of people online yeah people kind of I- suck Except for our listeners, all the haters, they're just slowly but surely ruining me. So that'll be available at patreon.com slash millennial. We would really appreciate your support. It keeps the show running. It lets us keep the show a priority. Thanks to you, we get to dedicate time every week to creating this podcast. And we hope you enjoy it. And we hope you enjoy it enough to the point where you want to see it continuing to rock and roll. And in exchange for your support, you will get After Dark. You will get Hashing It Out. It was longer today because Laura was late. So Pam and I were talking about a whole host of things, including our work from home life specifically, what we like to do when we need to get out of the house because we're in the house for too long. So we talk about our favorite places to go and the type of situations we like to be in when we are out and working remotely. You will also get access to our live stream so you can tune into Millennial early. You get the show early. You'll typically get it on Monday night. You can hop in uh, into the live stream and then you can discuss the show with fellow listeners as we are talking and sometimes we'll incorporate your feedback into the episode. For example, Chelsea Beth, who is listening live right now, she is going off on Trudeau inspired by Will's comments. Um Yep. I don't know if I should say this word on the air, but she says that Trudeau... I mean, we're just quoting. Yeah, quoting is a, it. quote, fucktard. End quote. So, But she followed it up with, sorry. <laughs> That's true. Very, so. very Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> very Canadian. <laughs> Another Canadian who is not happy with Trudeau. So interesting to see how that fell. Anyway, thank you to everybody again who supports us at patreon.com slash millennial. We greatly greatly appreciate it thank you everybody for listening i'm andrew i'm laura and i'm pamela goodbye kofifi for you say kofifi and i say kofefe you say kafefi and i say kafife kofifi kofefe kafefi kafife let's call the whole thing off you say kofifi and i say kofefi you say kofif and I say cafefe, 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 a cafe con leche. Let's call the whole thing off. Now a president says what a president means, and usually it's a Broadway bedly. A proper language most consider well-informed and thoughtful, with quotes so clever and can... Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. 
Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today.